Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cyber Inspiration Podcast. My name is Evgeny. I've been around security for the last 20 years and have a lot of experience working with this variety of cybersecurity vendors. As part of my passion in technology and cyber, I always intrigued to learn how companies start. I started the podcast to understand the thinking process and what motivated people to start their own company. This podcast is also affiliated with Security Hacker Report. I have a pleasure to talk to Kvir today. Kvir, mm-hmm. how are you doing? I'm great. Thank you for having me. So in 2016, you started It's My. 2017. 17. Okay, LinkedIn didn't give me the correct information. Let's kind of dig inside your mind. If I remember correctly, you used to fly a lot and meeting customers. So Indeed. I'm guessing in one of the flights, something happened, something triggered. So it's much more than this. First of all, I think this is a bug. It's something that it's always in your mind. You think about it for, you know, the minute that I that I started university, I knew that I'm going to do something like that. I didn't know what, I didn't know when, I didn't know if, but it's something that that is sitting there and you know that it's about to happen. But in 2017, and again, I've been working at Checkpoint for many years. That is where we know each other. But I've been working with Checkpoint as a security architect for 11 years. And and I love Checkpoint. It was amazing school to learn everything that I know about cybersecurity. And in the last five years at Checkpoint, I did a lot of traveling, going to the strategic customers of Checkpoint. TSE companies, big, big financial companies that are basically working with Checkpoint very closely. And, you know, I, I learned from them a lot about what are the challenges, what is it they are doing. And, and, and this is where I find that there is something that is broken in data protection. And I had this idea that started to be on my mind that, hey, there is a way to deal with this for smaller size companies. And that's why it started. Okay. Is this was your first idea of the company? Because you mentioned you were thinking about your own company from high school. Right. <laughs> so I thought about many different concepts and ideas that I had in mind before security, during security. But once I had the concept about the, the Beyond DLP, I understood that this is the one that, that we should go and start building. And that was very clear that this is what we need. So you have an idea. I guess you had a group of people that you wanted to work with. What happened next? First of all, validation. Going to people that you like and you appreciate. And uh, you run the, the concept with them. You know, you are sharing ideas, sharing customers' ideas, sharing people that are that, that you are familiar with and, and trying to understand, okay, there is something that we need to solve. There is a big issue. There is a big job to be done, that there is a market for that. And then it's very clear. Then you know, okay, this is what I want to do. Then you start to think about, okay, what is the right way to do? And then you start to do mistakes. But <laughs> we'll get to mistakes later on as well. We'll get to later on. As right. Well. But uh, you learn there is, I'm based in Israel, you know, and, and naturally in Israel, there is an ecosystem that is amazing for startups. There are so many good people that are here to help, that did it in the past, that want to help you, that want to think together, okay, how can I 
helps the younger generation and create this startup country. And that is amazing, you know, all the capabilities to, to join to acceleration program. That's basically taking you from the minute that you are having an idea and to build a company. So you mentioned validation of the idea. Mm-hmm. And then you, in your personal, join some kind of a group of people, incubator that help you to move it to the next level. Right. And building the team itself, the first founders, okay, you know who do you need to have in order to complete you. Are they going to be executive in R&D? Are they going to be young, younger people that have a lot of ideas and capabilities? Is it going to be some a different DNA that you need to complete you? And it's a journey. It's a checking in between of who are the right people that you want to work with. You're checking yourself and then you go to the journey. How do you know that you're going in the right direction. What kind of checks and balances you do or somebody else will do that, you know, fear is not basically going straight without thinking and just going completely wrong direction. Talking and talking and talking again and creating an MVP and checking again and checking with customers and understanding the gaps and see what actually happened in those companies that you are implementing the MVP, what are the what they are scared of, what they like in the product, and keep working step by step with them, failing and failing and failing again, and trying to learn from each mistake in order to bring something that everyone needs. That's the only way to do it. I think naturally people like to communicate and talk to people that are similar to them. If you like football, soccer, if you like to play guitar or go to the beach, or maybe have different politics used in some cases. But in my mind, it's actually very dangerous to hire people that's similar to you because you actually want different opinions in the company. And you want mm-hmm. to have diversity of ideas and make sure somebody will stop you and maybe have a different view on this. What was you thinking and how you decided who to hire? Because it's probably going to be easier to work with people that are similar minded to you. But and vice versa, people are always going to argue with you. <laughs> so I don't think that when that it's easier to have someone that thinks like you because then it's a kind of an echo. It's not interesting. <laughs> so immediately after you talk, you know, I I'm a co-founder together with two additional co-founders, Ron Norman and Guy Ben So Ron Norman is the CTO of the company, and we always talk. We always disagree and then agree on everything from the market that we are aiming for to the product what it will include and what's not and we are we also get different perspectives from customers so we need to find where is the basic but first of all to find the two founders and i believe in the number of three we are coming from the army everything is separated to three so I believe that the three number is excellent and that's what make it interesting. Then you start to hire people. And when you're hiring people, again, you want diversity. So you have older senior people and you have younger, very hungry people. Okay. And, and you fail. And also you are adding people to the team and you find out after three months that it's not a good fit. 
and you need to change. And that happens as well. And, and sometimes you keep them too long with you before you let them go. But again, it's always to find the right people at the right time and also the people that would like to come. Because not everyone is willing to join a young startup at the beginning. It's kind of crazy to do that. But the ones that are joining and understand what is in front of them, it's becoming a family. Did you realize in one point that you need to change direction from your original idea? So the, the basic state, the root cause and the concept at the beginning was the same. How you wrap it and how you, what the things that you need to add to it, according to your customer's feedback, that's, that is, of course, changing, changed and changing all the time. Adding additional functionalities, it is extremely important to customers adding additional areas that are important for them that we didn't think that this is a big thing. But once you are getting it from one customer, the second customer, you understand, okay, there is something here we have to change. That happens all the time. I hope that it will continue to happen. Let me ask you, and I don't know if it's an interesting question, but it's something that keeps bubbling all the time. You know, the chicken and the egg. Do you need to have a perfect product? Or do you need to go to market quicker? Because you may don't have a perfect product, but you may be too late to go to market. But you need to market yourself and promise something to the customers and do it later. What's your view and what do you guys maybe did in some cases? So I think you have to go to the customer also with ideas. I don't think that you need to lie to the customers that something is already available when it's not, but but you need to be very, how would I say it, very accurate with yourself to know that you can deliver what you are promised. But definitely you are change, you are changing your story. You are talking about things that you might not have, but you know that you are going to have it until the customer will start. Because, you know, customers are not going on boarding to a new product immediately. Uh, we all know that the cyber industry, as much as we wanted it to be very innovative, our customers in the end of it, they have too many things that they need to do. Okay? You will never find a customer that is waiting for starting a POC immediately. Uh, even if so you're they saying have you, don't, you don't need to wait. Like you can go and start promoting what you're doing, but yeah, don't promote don't promote what you don't have. Right. I mean, the customer will be ready in a month or two anyhow to start working with you. They will not be ready immediately. But if there is something that you are about to deliver in six months, talk about it as a roadmap. Talk about it as something that we are working on and we are about to have it. What do you think about it? Customers love that relationship and they understand that you don't have everything that they are not expecting it sometimes they don't even remember that they asked it but that's why that's why you need to be careful with that but indeed you have to go with your ideas the customers that buying from a young company not necessarily a startup but even a young company they're expecting to buy from a speedboat they're expecting it to be agile they are not expecting to have a ship that, that goes with them. They know the ships, they know the Microsoft. They know what they are buying when they are buying from IBM or from Microsoft. They know what is what the expectation. 
from the when they're buying from a small vendor, they know that it's a speedboat and they are looking for a speedboat. Great. So clear, we're gonna switch a bit topics and gonna talk about the dark side a bit. This right. is eventually <laughs> will be available for members only, other than Patreon. But in the beginning, we'll release everything as it is for public for the podcast. So tell me what went wrong. Tell me like you know the worst investor meeting or something you didn't expect completely. Like something that kind oh, of like, oh my god, what I'm doing here? Why am I in this company? <laughs> First of all, it's a roller coaster. Okay, no one will tell you differently. You know, you read all day long the, the LinkedIn and the newspaper, and you see everyone are successful. Everyone is partying all the time. It's not life. You know, this is a roller coaster. You have a great meeting, and two minutes later, it's a disaster. When I present a checkpoint, I did presentation to hundreds of people. But you are presenting someone else's idea. When you are presenting your company, if the customer thinks that this is a stupid idea, it is you that is stupid. So you are feeling naked almost every single meeting. So it's not a walk in the park. I wish it was. It isn't. And I don't think that investors meeting is the worst or it's, you know, definitely in the beginning, in the first meeting with investors, with VCs, when you communicate with them, there are gaps, you know, and sometimes they are very polite. They are all very smart people and all very nice. And they say no, because they say no to 99.9% percent of their meetings and you know in the beginning you are getting this nose as something personal after a while you understand okay this is a game you you uh, are offering something that they might buy they might not buy can you give me an example maybe you don't have to mention names but that somebody told you something that like, like oh my god i didn't expect this i don't know if it's, it wasn't expectation that they would say, but yes, there, there were definitely in Israel where the VCs are, or the investors are coming from the industry. So they have their own perspective about what should be in a cybersecurity solution. And they almost know better than, than the person that is, that they think that they know better than the person that sits in front of them. And... And they think, okay, this is not the right way to solve the problem. Okay, customers may say different, you know, but this is this is what they think. And, and again, if you take it personally, it's a bad. So one of the things that we are doing in its mind is there is a layer of education, education of the employees, because I believe in it. You know, it truly in all my bones. I believe that the human is a must. And you don't understand how many cybersecurity investors told me, if you are going to communicate with the employee, I'm out. This is not going to work. And, you know, again, you can take it personally or you could say, okay, so this is not the right investor. Let's continue. I don't think that the VCs are, this is the worst meetings that, that you have. Actually, what I do think that is the worst is when you are having when you are having the wrong employee, and this is quite interesting because 
we are already, you know, to hire people. And there was a very smart guy that I used to have a lot of conversation with him about having an employee. And there is a statement that's saying that you should check your employees very, very deeply. So for a long period of time, try to work with the person before you are hiring them. And definitely when it's coming from a different country, okay, because you never know what is the employees' laws and all the, all those stuff. It's never easy. And, and we did a mistake. Okay? We basically did everything according to the book. Like we worked with a person for a very long amount of time as a consultant, trying to check whether it's a good fit. And there were red lights. We saw things that we tried to cover. And, and then we saw that the contract with that employee taking too much time. He's going through each and every word in the contract and he's checking and he's adding. And you are saying, okay, maybe maybe is a, a little bit scared about, but you feel in your stomach that something is wrong and you're still pushing you know, and you move forward and then it comes a disaster. Then after two months, three months, you understand it's not working. You give another chance and you understand that you basically wasted time and you don't have much time in startups. You know, you need things to work and it's a becoming a hustle. Did you ever thinking that you had a feeling why I'm doing here? Like this, nothing gonna work. Like I'm completely in the wrong industry. I need to close the business and go to do something else tomorrow. So, so I would say yes on on a daily basis, but I would say also that I convince myself very easily because you feel alive and you are jumping from from area to area on an hourly basis. You are the CFO of the company. You are becoming the, the marketing guy. You are becoming the, the SE. You are becoming the QA. You know, you, you are doing some hours, some product work, but all day long. Every, it couldn't be more interesting than that. Yeah, it is a, sounds like a very, very dynamic work. Probably not for everyone, but if you like the dynamic part, it's probably something very, very you definitely feel alive at every single moment. I don't understand what you do with what you would do without it. So you know. <laughs> Got you. Clear. Thank you. It was very, very interesting conversation. I learned a lot, and I hope people that are listening to our conversation will learn a lot as well. A lot of good points and ideas here. Anything you can maybe recommend to people that want to start their own company or joining a startup? So first of all, don't be afraid and do it. The worst thing that could happen is that you fail. If you fail, you stand up, you have the experience, you learn something. And I think that this is the best university. It's the best MBA that people can do. And, you know, if you have the luxury to take one or two years from your time and, and understand what is it to run a business, it's changing the mindset. It will give you much more than anything, any other job that you might have. Awesome. It's a very good advice. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, my friend. It's, it was a pleasure as usual. 
good luck with your new journey. It's not, it's not an easy change. Thank you. Thank you. Please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. If you want to hear more about us, feel free to comment and review. And there is a link to Patreon page where you can eventually help us to promote the podcast.